Uh, well, it's 4.44 right now, and it's pitch fucking black outside, <laughs> so I'm doing just great. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been dark for three hours now, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, man. I leave work at 3.30 to come home to make it home on time to record, and, like, the sun is already below the houses, and it's like, oh, I know, it's ridiculous. And today was so cold. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, you know, a good thing to think about is that at least the shortest day of the year is in roughly three weeks. Right. So, like, we don't have to endure much more of this before it starts to get better. Yeah. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it'll get brighter, but it's going to be cold. I have nothing else to, <laughs> to get me through this. Sorry. Hate to bust uh, your bubble. Hey, it's fine fine especially since you've been pampered with all the victoria winters exactly i forget what real winter looks yeah. like welcome spoiled put on your big yes. boy pants <laughs> all four <laughs> pairs of them. put them all on top of each other layer up yep. the trick. <laughs> uh okay so uh i've got some interesting updates cool. so um so i don't even remember how i stumbled upon monday.com but through all my work with Sifton and uh, I, I just, I feel like this is the Sifton show. Like they need to just sponsor this podcast <laughs> because I, uh, I really enjoy that tool. Um, it's so useful to get a sense of where the wind is blowing. So um, I've been spending a lot of time using Sifton to try to understand, yeah, where is the wind blowing? So uh, after our last uh, episode, I was looking at HubSpot and looking at PipeDrive. I've been interested in CRMs. Uh, and then I stumbled upon Monday.com, and I, I had never used it. I was I we always used Jira at work, and I remember seeing ads for Monday.com. There was like an Australian lady in one of the ads, and she was just like, "You've got to try Monday.com." Anyway, um, I was thinking, okay, whatever, but I didn't realize that they're like a public company. Oh, really? They're, yeah, they're huge. So I had opened, a, I put in a Sifton filter for Monday.com. And holy shit, there's a lot of people using this and asking tons of questions and trying to figure out how to get things done. So uh, one of the things I've been realizing is I've been sleeping on Upwork, man. Like, it, it, I don't know that I want to make a living <laughs> on Upwork necessarily, but it's really useful to just go in and see the kinds of things that people are looking for. So one of the things that I've noticed is people have been saying like, oh, I want help doing this automation inside of Monday.com. And I'm seeing like four to six, four to eight of those per day. Whoa. So I've been like, well, that's pretty interesting. So um, I've been bidding on Upwork jobs with Make.com, Zapier, and just trying to get in front of people to say, hey, I'll do your, I'll do your work for you. Um, and I have a little bit of a hack now where, where because I don't, my account doesn't have a lot of reputation, I will see what they want. And because you can automate things so quick with Make.com, that I can just go in and do the automation. I'll do like a sample automation if they're using usual tools that I have free access to or free trials of. I'll go in and do the automation. I'll record a loom of the demo. And then when I pitch them, I'll say, and here's the working product or here's like the three quarters of the product. And I'm booking jobs that way, which is oh, great. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a little hack. People, I guess like it's a, it's a very useful way of just like giving people confidence that you can do it even if you don't have like an established track record of, of job history. Right. Um, so that worked so well 
that uh, I have uh, a, a lady who's a real estate agent who has hired me for like a multi-month uh, like revamp of her Monday.com. She hired some, she hired a no-code agency to come in. They, it sounded like they were a little bit junior, um, but they came in and uh, they got her most of the way through this project. She wants to like um, productize her, her workflow uh, or the, like her business operations. And uh, they are, I don't know, maybe 80% of the way there. So she wants to bring me in to do the, to check over everything they've done and do the last 20%. Um, so yeah, it's, I've been learning a lot about monday.com and the problems that people have. And it's been, it's been really useful. It's been great. Um, so what happened was <clears throat> I stumbled across a problem inside of monday.com. And the problem is that they do not support rich text emails. You can't add links. You can't add bold <laughs> images. You can't add anything like that. They do have a, they have a, a native plugin with Gmail and uh, Outlook. So you can, you know, you can have like a rough template and put things into it, but it's really not very flexible. And there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a couple of well-traveled threads about this particular problem and there's no real solution out there, or at least an under-marketed solution. So there's one competitor out there that has, they're getting traffic, um, but they don't appear in any Google search results. They're just not marketing the tool. So I, so I called you <laughs> and we, we talked about this last week and I said, all right, to hell with it. Like I'm going to, I think I could knock up an, an MVP pretty quickly. And I was messaging people in the forums and I'm getting messages back. So like to hell with it, let's give it a try. So uh, I'm almost done with the MVP. I've probably been working on it for five days um, and I'm very close to complete. Um, but I ran into like a very interesting issue around email. So the, the all right, so the, the problem here is that people want to email other people who are attached to their board. So let's say you and I are in, are in a team and I have an issue and I assign it to you. And I change, if, I, I create an action so that when I change a field, you get email. Now, when you use the regular, uh, like built-in integration with Gmail, they have paid for this, the Google security audit. So the public company has footed the bill for this so they can use their own integration, but I can't use that. If I wanna send rich text, I have to send the email myself using a third-party service. Um, so, so if I wanna send an email to you, I can set that up, but I have to use like SendGrid or something like that. So what I realized was Oh, this is actually kind of a problem because I have to exhibit some kind of control over who you can send emails to. Because if I just allow, like if you and I are a part of the same board and we have the same domain, like we're both at powerimporter.com, it's no problem. Like you and I, we are known people to one another. But if I'm sending you emails and I'm at Shredability and you're at Power Importer, I could be spamming you. Right. So I've been thinking, like, how do you overcome this? Like, what, what is this exactly? So I've been doing a lot of Googling, trying to figure out, like, okay, I know we talk about, like, domain verification and all this kind of thing, trying to figure out how can I overcome this problem or what are some potential solutions to this problem? And the results are, like, not great, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have a solution. Um, so... Uh, I did a deep dive on SPF and DKIM and D DMARC to try to like understand what they are. 
Um, but basically what it comes down to is with any person, with any service that sends emails, you are responsible for every email you send, or you are accountable for every email that is sent. So it doesn't matter if I am sending it as you or, uh, or on behalf of you or whatever, if it's my token, like, unless you attach your domain, what's the right way to say that? Like I, I technically, my domain is attached to the token. So if, if any spam whatsoever happens, it doesn't matter if it's on a subdomain or anything else, it is always, I pay the price because it's my domain that's attached to it. But asking people to like do the SPF setup and the DKIM setup is annoying. Yeah, yeah. So what I, and a scope increase. Like I, w- I don't mind writing it. I actually think it'd be kind of interesting to do it, but I mean, not, a, not as a, I'm trying to get to market as quickly as I can. So the workaround I have for now is you can only send emails to people within your organization. So if, if you're at Power Importer, you can, well, at least for the onboarding, it's it's a wild card. You can send emails to whoever you want because uh, I can always change the domains before I launch. But uh, I will, uh, I, I assume that when I go to production with this and get my onboard my first customers, it'll be, you can only send emails to people within your same domain. So Power Importer, and if you're at Power Importer, it's the Power Importer slug for the org, you can only send emails to other Power Importer users. Uh, and then that I think that's a good scope cutoff, um, just so that I don't have to overbuild anything like this. Like, I don't, I, I know, I know, I Googled enough about DKIM and all of the other things to know what they're for, but to be able to build in flows where I can take advantage of them sounds like a, a real pain. So I have... So yeah, it'll be, it'll start with mailing within your or own organization. And as soon as people want to email outside of it, I could see it being an add-on or, okay, then maybe I built the SPF and DKIM verification. Um, but even that's not straightforward. Like, it's kind of crazy to think like, oh yeah, like say Microsoft <laughs> wants to use this. Um, you, you, they have to call up their IT team and be like, can you let this person send emails from microsoft.com or something like that like yeah it's it's not gonna happen so i don't know what it's gonna look like for bigger companies or yeah i i don't know i mean i'm sure there's an answer right like zendesk does this Um, i'm sure others are able to so right but i mean can you because you could just send emails from your domain Mm -hmm. right and but say that it's from them but i i'm still responsible like because if it's if i'm the you're saying like if they they use it to spam people or cold email people? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I looked at this because I've I've seen examples. I have a couple of mailing lists I'm on <clears throat> where people will, it'll say like, oh, it's from team at stackingthebricks.com via ConvertKit. Exactly. And what that is, is um, they're using the ConvertKit SMTP server, but the whoever is using the SMTP server to send those mails is responsible for the for if those emails are spam. So ConvertKit in that case would say, well, you called me and I know through DMARC, I know that you're sending spam, so I'm going to ban you. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, I know. I didn't think of that part, that if it gets abused. But I mean, like... It's extremely unlikely. Right, exactly, right? Like, is someone really... Like, how much spam could you send through a 
Monday automation. Like it D- that's the thing. Doesn't like, seem like it'd be very efficient. Like, you'd yeah. be better off just getting a Mailchimp account and just uploading a email list. And yeah, I I I didn't want to spend too many cycles on this. Just thinking like, okay, I. I just want to have a, oh, I mean, part of this is that I don't, I didn't understand how these email servers worked. So I was like, okay, I, I, I've heard Rob Walling talk about drip, spam and drip so many times that I just like, okay, I've secondhand learned that this is a problem. I, I will address this now. Um, so I just had to have a plan going forward of like, okay, what does the next like four weeks look like? And then I'll talk to people and see what they need and understand what the capabilities and limitations of the system are. Okay. So it's, so it's sending from your domain, but you're going to prevent people from emailing outside. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's necessary for, to, to limit for the V1. Yeah. Right. I mean, if, if your goal is just to get something in the hands of people and have them have a, have a aha moment, like a successful moment with mm-hmm. the, with the app, mm. the least limitations as possible is probably the, the right approach. Good point. And the less that I have to do in terms of like wild carding or like rule checking, right. it just removes responsibility from what I need to ship for the MVP. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we should we should probably recorded everything we said last week on our on our private call. Yeah, we should have because actually because there's a whole backstory of like why why are you building an MVP instead of just throwing up a landing page and. Right. trying to talk to people mm-hmm. yeah i mean like the summary a, a lot of the summary of that when i looked at this app so i saw that this was a problem and i saw that there was a couple things in the forums in the monday.com forums saying that you can't send this rich these this uh rich text email and it looked like people were trying to do it and then failing or trying to do it and not not shipping the product and every you know a few times a month since its inception like several years ago people will ping out a user that posted one time three years ago like hey can i get access to this so there is an app in the marketplace today that does this and they're getting traffic but they are 100 percent relying on uh the monday.com marketplace to send them traffic they are doing all of the distribution for this app so my plan has been all right, great. Well, I'm taking over Google for sure. I, I know that I can rank for these terms. Um, so I've got a, I've got a plan for SEO. Those, those particular forum posts are important. So I'm going to go after that. I have a whole marketing document that I created of just some ideas of, of how I want to begin attacking this. But um, a big part of it is just like these people, the, the people who have, who are running the app right now are all, they're a, they're a, uh, like a no-code consultancy, basically. So they're selling services. They don't want to sell software, or at least they don't want to specialize in it. Right. So yeah, I've got lots of ideas. Just yeah, like reviews, sol- soliciting reviews. They have a lot of installs, but they don't have many reviews. Okay, that's one way of standing out for sure. So, um, so yeah, w- when we talked about building an MVP over a landing page, it was purely just like I'd already been DMing users in that thread and I'd been getting answers of people saying like, oh yeah, I'm willing to try something. Let me know when you have something, we'll have a conversation. Um, so, and I, I knew I could hack something together pretty quickly and I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, it, it was, it seemed like the scope was small enough that it could be done in a week and then you could have it in the hands yeah. of people and 
start getting feedback and then it's a lot easier to get someone yeah. on the phone right like it's like oh yeah i love it but it needs to do this or it yeah. needs to do that and like i've already built something that's technically superior to what already exists like they have this really okay. disjointed flow where like like basically when you build a monday.com integration um you can build what's called a recipe which is made up of out of a trigger and an action and a recipe is a trigger and action together but you can build this thing called an automation which is just the action and you can bolt anything on as a trigger that you want but it can be difficult to build a very general action because there's so many different triggers that could exist you have to figure out like how do i take the corpus of of triggers and figure out how to funnel it into the action that takes place and i built this like it's pretty cool like <laughs> tap nice. myself on the back but they they have this very <laughs> monday has this very complicated thing called like a custom mapper and i took me a little while to figure out how it worked but i built a custom mapper so that now i can so um the tool that exists today today that's on the market doesn't have a it doesn't have an automation it only gives you recipes so there's only specific flows where you can say like i can trigger a mail when something happens um the 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 trigger that they list you have to pick from their list of triggers with mine i don't need any trigger you can just say like this is the trigger that i set and i want to send an email and i have the i use this custom mapper to funnel the parameters that they have at the time into my email so when you design i'm i right now i'm working on the email designer like i'm just ripping some open source thing and trying to put it into the product and see if it works but it makes it really easy to create a template and you don't have to keep revisiting the template oh like what do i have to supply whatever when you create the automation it says this is a template these are the five variables the template takes you map them this is what's available to you map them and then just hit okay and it and it runs nice. pretty sick nice so but it's one of those things like i think it's cool but i just have to get it into the hands of some users and see what they see what they right think. yeah and it, then it'll be cool because you'll, you'll get to see the actual exactly. use cases like what why are they sending yeah. these emails yeah. um yeah so there's a I've, I've got like a nice long list of marketing things that I'm going to start doing that like they're like I barely know anything, but I feel like I've been in the field long enough that I'm like, yep, yeah, you need a lifecycle email for this. You have to have this, you have this kind of, this kind of introduction and they're doing none of those things and they're succeeding regardless. So I'm like, great. I'm, I'm just going to come in and try to do some of those things because they're all super low hanging fruit. So yeah, it's awesome. So I'm just trying to get this thing out as fast as I fucking can. <laughs> Every day I watch their app and I see their installs go up. And now I just think like, I get it in the morning and I'm like, I hate you guys. Like, I'm going <laughs> to eat your fucking lunch. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's motivation yeah. right there. Each new install is a lost oh, opportunity. 100%. Right? And I'm like, oh. And it's just yeah, going I, up. I, and I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder what their conversion to paid is. Like, how many people are they getting as paid apps? Like, man. Right. So, uh, so it, the your MVP is it going to be in the marketplace? Like how hard is it to get in the marketplace? Uh, yes. So on my to do list, um, I have to create a bunch of assets. Is the problem? Um, so okay. I need like a I need a carousel of images of like how the app works and that sort of thing. So um, I am I, I have a I, it's a, just a bunch of to dos. So I uh, I'm going to go to Fiverr probably and try to find some people or Upwork. And uh, I, I just need to start with a V1 
I, I think what kind of what I'm thinking is uh, the way the Monday.com marketplace listings are laid out. There's like, I, uh, there's a big carousel of images that shows how it all works. I think that's where I'm going to spend most of my time just trying to get that one thing looking really good. And then everything else will just be like the keywords to use are very straightforward. Um, uh, and some of the copy is, uh, I, I think, can be honed over time. Uh, and I don't have to like republish the app in order to, to edit some of the taglines. So uh, okay. I'll, 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 I have to figure out where I want to put my energy. I think it's going to be in that one visual part. Um, but the other really nice thing is Monday makes it really easy to run betas. Um, so I can have an app that's in there that is not yet published, but I can share it with other users and they can just start using the app even if, um, even if it's not listed. They don't take a share, No, right? yeah. So right now, monday.com yeah. gives 100% of your revenue to you. Okay. But they collect the payment? Oh, okay. And that integration is yeah. easy? Uh, they have a life cycle events that are just like, oh, you got an install, someone upgraded to paid. Or a trot, like they have all sorts of life cycle events that you can key off of. Okay. And there's not like a long like review process. Uh, you know, I haven't Googled that. I haven't checked. Okay. They, uh, I will say if their review process is anywhere close to the quality of the integration, then it should be great. Um, okay. Their docs need work. Uh, it looks like they're, they're constantly evolving their, their API. So there's going to be maintenance involved with this, but um, they hired some, they got some good developers working there. Their, their integration docs are very good. And yeah, lots of example code, lots of example tools. You know, there's some patching that's required, but um, so far it's been a very good development experience. They built something great. Cool. Well, it's, it's a, my imagination or does this all feel very different than your previous projects? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, um, it, I got to throw it back to Sifton, like being able to look at where the wind is blowing and say like, wow, there's an established problem and the wind has been blowing in this, in this direction for a long time. And even an incumbent isn't doing what's required. Like I think about my, the work I did with render and how hard it is to rank, but how easy it is to step into a community and say, I'm here to help and start <laughs> answering questions and putting out content and just being as helpful as possible and having that contribute to something right um and yeah to be able to come in and help people in a real way and have something to offer them that delivers value yeah and the fact that people are hiring you on upwork yeah and you have you have no zero history yeah it's (laughs) it's like that seems to be like that's a huge signal yeah well i i think uh after i one of the frustrations i had when i finished with render was that uh there was no there just wasn't conversations happening. Like, com- it, like, commerce wasn't happening. Like, it, sure, people are doing business with Render, but they're not doing, they're not, like, talking about the business that they're doing. They're not trying to enhance their experience. Right. So I was like, I wonder if I, I, I was starting to go towards paid marketplaces because I'm thinking, like, they're, they've already shown their willingness to buy because they're buying tools. So maybe I need to be where people are paying. So, like, to get in, it's like, oh, people on Upwork are hiring me to do automations and, yeah, and like they're, I, I, you know, they're desperate enough to hire a guy with, with no demonstrable experience, except he sent me a loom. Like, exactly. yeah, like all right, cool, <laughs> you're in. Yeah, no, that's it. That's that's what I mean by like if it feels different when you when you 
put your finger on on a real problem. Yeah. Like, because yeah. otherwise, like the render blog was was a great exercise because you wanted to test if you could drive traffic to something, mm-hmm. but you never had that feeling that no. like, and no matter how much you would grind, like you you probably would never discover it, never never feel it. Mm-hmm. But then this this Monday thing, like like within a week, yeah. you're like people are paying you to do stuff in it, and it's like that is that is a huge contrast. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you can walk into an ecosystem and like, yeah, I, I'll I'll do that for you. Why not? Right. And it's Upwork is so full of like random things. Like, yeah, I'm one of the, the number of people who are like, we we just bought Monday and we're ready to go all in on it help us and it's it's just like okay i don't know anything about your vertical i don't know anything about anything and they're like we need an expert to come in and sit with us and help us and it's like yeah i i would be totally willing to do that um i want to get a little more used to the platform first that's that's a pretty big jump for me but i mean like i i was a jira power user so like how different can monday be no no exactly and you know you're competing against no code agencies like they they might be good, but they're not software engineers. Like, like for sure, you have th- that engineer brain that <laughs> you know that takes decades to build. Yeah. yeah. So that's been that's been taking up my time for the last you know seven days, say. Um, and yeah, I uh, I'm excited now that I figured out how the betas work today. So I just need to put a few things together, and then uh, I need to buy a domain. Um, i uh did you last episode were you we talked about the the godaddy auctions was that last episode yo i no i don't think so i think that was offline okay we can edit this part out then if needed (laughs) but yeah i'm looking for a domain uh and yeah i i it's interesting too because like (laughs) normally I, i would try to pick something a little more broad but it's so hyper specific. I'm just like, how can I put emails and Monday in the same URL and just like key super hard? Yeah, I don't know if you want Monday in the name. Yeah, I know. After uh, Julian and Notion Forms. Yeah, exactly. Got slapped. Although it's hard to believe that that someone could trademark the word Monday. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a fucking name of a day of the week. <laughs> If, uh, but, uh, for, but you know you know lawyers they love they love to sue yeah exactly uh if, if in case you don't know what we're talking about uh julian from notion forms this happened like a month or two ago he got uh, season, a cease and desist or something from notion uh saying like you can't use our name in your name that it's brand confusion whatever like you got to change your name yeah so he had to i don't know what he changed it to it to be a still notion forms but <laughs> yeah no that's the problem with these renaming yeah. like so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put monday in that's a that's a good maybe, point maybe call it tuesday <laughs> i own it there was a uh, <laughs> trade market so <laughs> somebody created uh i saw a, a, a website builder for monday called sunday <laughs> so that's like a potion or like uh nice. super.so for monday yeah So yeah, that's really been what I've been up to. How about you? What have you been? Yeah, I've been uh, trying to, well, I think 
I think we already talked about this. My my plan was to to hack, like not not to not to try to find my next SaaS idea, but to take a break and just get get in the habit of like hacking every day, like just following my curiosity and different mostly mostly AI. Like I'm mostly trying to to see what can I do with AI. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's going well. Uh, my goal was like to, I wanted to have one of those streaks where you, you do it every single day for the whole month of November. And it started off well. And then like the second week I lost team. And, and then I was several days without without doing it. Uh, but but uh, mid, mid-month, I started getting steam again and like, working almost every day. Okay. Maybe like five days, five, maybe four or five days a week. So... So yeah, I just have this list of like ideas that I'm exploring. Um, I think I already talked about the recycling a Chromebook yeah. to turn it into a, a voice assistant. Yeah. Assistant. So so yeah, that that one's finished. So then, because I was playing with speech synthesis and speech recognition, I had this idea of writing a an app that I could learn Spanish with. So you drive it. Like have GPT in the background, like driving the conversation, and then I was hoping that then I could just learn to talk Spanish with it, mm-hmm. and it would detect whether I I said the answer correctly, mm-hmm. and then so it was like very vague idea, like. But then I started researching about how how do you actually learn a language, right. <laughs> and. Uh, because I, I mean, I've, I've, I've tried these like the, the typical programs, right? Where you learn the voc- vocabulary and grammar, and 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 they never work with me. It's like it, it's it's boring and it's all theoretical and it's. Uh, but I did discover this uh, method called immersion, right? Which which makes sense. Like if if you live in a country, you know, and you just hear that language all day long, every day, and you're forced to like use a few words to you know to just buy groceries right. like you know you're forced to like to learn it and so so i found this really cool website that had a bunch of exercises that you could do to immerse yourself uh using like netflix or youtube or podcast but so it changed my whole approach though <laughs> so the whole ai part of the project kind of <laughs> kind of didn't fit in anymore sure. Because it's it's really an exercise of listening to a lot of it, um, but it's, it's better to do it with video because at least you see the context. Okay. So so you see you know you see like pe- people having dinner and talking, so you can read the body language, you can read the scene. So it helps to for your subconscious mind to put meaning to the words that you're hearing. So I I, just, I ended up just making a simple space repetition uh web app so it just i picked a ten thousand most frequently used words in the spanish language um and then i just yeah put it to a json file <laughs> and uh, the app just serves it and and speaks the words so that so that i'm always hearing the words okay. when i'm when i'm testing myself uh I, and but it's true and i did i did use ai to also translate it, translate those one thousand words into French, because okay. 
because I know French, often I find the Spanish words are almost the same oh, as, as the French sure. words. Like they're, you know, sometimes they resemble the English word, but more often than not, it resembles the French word. And the grammar is the same as French. Okay. It's the same like sentence structures. So, so I translate it all in French. So now the answers are, when you reveal the answer, it's English and French. Okay. So I can choose which one will help me remember. So, so yeah, that was, that was the last one that I shipped. Uh, when I say ship, I just, <laughs> I just shipped it for my wife and I, cause we're both trying to learn sure. it. Um, and then, yeah, what else did I try? Like I tried to, I wanted to use GPT as a filter. Like I was trying to think, what, what can I filter? Hmm. Um, and then, so then I decided, well, maybe hacker news, like, I, cause I realized like I check hacker news every day, but there's so much stuff that I have zero interest hmm. in. And sure, I could I could maybe just write a simple RSS filter that filters up words that I know I'm not interested in. But then I thought maybe what if I could use GPT like to I just give it the headlines and it tells me what might interest me. And that that was interesting. Like it, the first approach I tried was giving it uh, a user profile. Okay. So I just told it information about myself, you know, like my age, I'm an indie hacker, um, I'm not interested in politics or like things like that. And it did an okay job. Uh, but then I tried instead giving it, instead of describing who I am, I described just my worldviews. And that actually was quite interesting. Okay. Like, so you tell it, you know, whatever your worldviews are, like I, I believe in this, I believe in that. And, and and it does a pretty good job, like taking your worldviews and then deciding, yeah, this is the silo that you're in, and <laughs> these are the headlines that might interest okay. you. I know people say you're supposed to branch out. Yeah, but that's not the point of this exercise. <laughs> but like, yeah, exactly. I'm not interested. <laughs> GPT is surfacing you things like, no, Mark, this would be good for you. You really should. No, exactly. No, that's what the algorithm's exactly. for. <laughs> So yeah, so I did that. Um, in the end, I wasn't really happy with it, so I didn't actually implement it. Okay. But it's on the back burner. Like I decided, I'll first of all I'll subscribe to like the the front page feed. So just consume that for a few days and see, get an idea of like how much of it do I really want to filter, and then I'll or maybe I'll come back to it, figure out how I can write a good filter with GPT. Sure. So yeah, so then since I was filtering stuff, my next idea was I want to create a bot that buys expired domains. <laughs> oh, I'm and... so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> and filters the list to what, you know, what I consider would be a good domain name for a SaaS product or, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, for SaaS products is what I'm at right now. So the, the filtering is... Unfortunately, like I'm okay. So what I'm doing is I'm GoDaddy has these auctions of expired domains, so you can download them. But like every day, there's there's thousands of them, right? Like I think almost three thousand yesterday. Um, so then you can yeah filter by price, filter by they give you some information, some like uh, how many backlinks it has or how many referring domains. But so far, my experience those numbers are historical. They're, 
to like I don't know how when GoDaddy fetched those that information because almost every single time that I do a a spot check, it it's wrong. Okay. Uh, uh, very quickly, what are you using a spot check? I'm I'm using well often I use Majestic because that's where they say they got their information and or Ahref. Okay. So I'm basically looking at the domain authority and the backlinks and the referring domains. Like, but yeah, often that's it. The GoDaddy export says, oh, this this domain has uh, 10,000 back, backlinks, let's say. And then you check on Ahref and it says, it used to have 10,000, now it only has, you know, 100. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, exactly. And the domain authority used to be 20, and now it's 0. 0.1. Yeah. <laughs> right, so it's like, so now I'm I'm realizing there might be a reason why they're five dollars. Mm. <laughs> like there's other people have been doing this for longer than me, and they're probably well. First of all, the people selling them know, like they know that the backlinks are still there, so they're not selling it for five dollars. Yeah. So I'm I'm starting to realize that yeah, the, the people are, have already figured out this trick sure. of like going going to buy the expired domain names and right. uh so i think the the pricing now is more realistic on the value of these expired domains right. kind of so the kind of reminds me of like yeah. have you heard of a whale fall no when whales die in the ocean they just like fall 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 to the bottom and then when they hit the bottom it's like a feeding frenzy so like all the flesh is gone and then the and then like something come the all like the crabs come and the then like all the, the what you thought was inedible animal matter is gone and then stuff comes and gets the bones and it takes like a week and then the, the it's like the whale was never there. Okay. So I'm trying to imagine like where in the process you've encountered the yeah. whale carcass. No, that's it. I think I'm I'm just a crab. <laughs> all the good stuff has been eaten away. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm realizing. But otherwise, like I I had I had this idea to the big, the big picture was I want a fully automated AI agent that finds domains and buys them, <laughs> and then I even had the idea that and puts up a landing page for them. You know, generates a, a logo, <laughs> generates a business idea for it. Even though it might not be the business idea that I will use for mm-hmm. it, but it, you know, it picks one. Okay, well, this this name would work you know, would work for this business idea. So they, it just runs with it. All right, let's just make a landing page for this business idea. And, and then I could just, I could just sell, resell them as here's, you know, here's a domain name that is brandable like here. And here's an example of a brand that was generated for it. Yeah. And, and an, an approach that I'm taking now with all these ideas is, um, instead of like, you know, I have the big idea of like what the full solution looks like. And instead of just generating like a, a, a backlog of all the things that need to be done and then just going at it, like I, I find I find that so demotivating. Like I don't feel like I just progress yeah. or I don't have the attention span for, <laughs> for shipping <laughs> all of it. So I always try to find like what's the what's a sprint that I can do that that actually has something that that is valuable. Like, so what's the absolute minimum that that I could have that uh, that I could start using right away? So so yeah, at this point, what I have is something that downloads the list, filters based on some of the criteria. 
to get it from like 3000 down to something better for GPT. And then I have GPT filter it and uh, email it to me. So like, here's some domains that look interesting, but then after that, it's a manual review. Like I have to look whether those backlinks still exist or, and, and that's the, and it, that's the part I, I wish I could have automated. Like I saw Moz has an API and they have a free plan that lets you do, I think 2,500 requests a month. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, but it's not, not enough. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Exactly. It's like, I could only, you know, it's, it's less than a hundred a day, you know, like, so maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I could do it if I only do it after GPT has filtered it. Right. But I find often when I do a, a spot check, I see some nice domains that GPT did not pick. So I don't know if I have to improve the prompt or tell it to suggest more. What do you feed to GPT other than the name? Yeah, I mean, that's it. Just just a prompt that explains what, what makes a good domain. Okay. And, uh, and then I just... Give it, yeah, give it the list of the, of the domains. This is kind of a random idea, but could you build your own, like, spam filter? Like, your own Bayesian filter to just, like... Because I'm sure you could do that through, like, scikit-learn or something. And just, like, yeah, I like this domain and I don't like this one. And just vote on a ton of domains and see what kind of results you get back. Like, I wonder how long it would take for, for a Bayesian filter to, like, recognize your tastes in domains. Mm, I don't... I don't... I mean, because usually, usually those... Bayesian filters work on words, yeah, right? Yeah, true. So, like, so you gotta find a way to extract the words out of this mm. long sequence of letters. dot com. Yeah. That that part I haven't figured out. Because because one simple filter that that I've done is I I just use a spell checker. Like, is the domain one word? Like, right? <laughs> right? If it is one word, I absolutely want it in the in the list sure. uh, <laughs> and then then after that yeah let gpt figure out what and and it does a really good job like it's pretty impressive like because there's a lot of these expired domains that are they're just gibberish they're, it's just random letters and they were probably used for uh, some private blog network for for seo sure. which is probably why they have so many backlinks like so it was all for some link farm or or maybe spamming people or whatever. Like, <laughs> but they're completely they're completely gibberish, like unusable, mm. zero value. And it's yeah, it never it never recommends those. Mm. It really does find things that are that are, have real words in them, mm. um, or acronyms and a word, and it and it suggests. Like at one point, I had it for each domain. I wanted to give me the H one and H two oh for the website. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just like. Come up with a business idea and then just give me the H1 and H2. Yes. And yeah, it comes up with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, you there? Oh, shit. Yeah, I totally would have. Yeah, like, what was one of them? Like, one of them was was nudged, but with a J instead of a G. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's just like really short, nudge.com. Um, and then, it, yeah, it suggested some some kind of, uh, yeah, it was a productivity tool. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember exactly what. Still. Yeah, but no, it was really good. And then when I researched it, like, what, what, what is this? Yeah, it was a, it was a health tech uh, startup okay. from the UK, and it was like using patient data to 
I don't know, I don't remember what. But I was like, damn, yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I didn't pull the trigger on right. it. And now, now it's really gone. But yeah, see, that there's an example. Like, there's, that's it's not a real word, it, you know. It's, it, but it's pronounceable, uh, and you can, and you can. That was one of my criteria in a prompt: is that people need to be able to spell it right. when they hear it, like easily. So if I tell you it's nudged with a J, right? It's like you know exactly how to spell it now. Yeah, sure. So it's like it's, so sure enough, you know, it it found that one. Yeah. No, it does it does a pretty good job. So, I mean, the only, the, so everything would be on track and working well, except for this, this realization that I'm coming to that I think the low hanging fruit the, are, are no longer there. Mm. There's other people that have figured out how to find the high value ones sure. and are, are buying them mm. before they even appear in the, in the GoDaddy auctions. Right. And I guess as well, like there is a cost component to this. Like you, you buy these things and then you have to maintain them over time and find ways right. to sell, ho- hopefully find ways to sell them. No, exactly. Right. Like, I mean, I, I was like just doing some simple math in the back of a napkin. Like if I buy them for five and I sell them for 50 or a hundred, right. It's like, it's like 10 X or 20 X my investment. But that's considering that, you, you know, you, you do sell at least 5% of them. Right. <laughs> like, I can't just be sitting on them and then having to renew them next year. And it it snowballs, right? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Even if I, I give the, the the bot a budget of where you can spend 100 bucks a month, it's like, yeah, that's fine for the first year. But then next year, <laughs> I mean, it, it's 200 bucks a month now. <laughs> you could, with enough domains, you could do some black hat SEO shit of just like, you could have a huge ring of these these domains yeah and just like ai generate a bunch of articles and have them all pointing to each other yeah exactly that's it that's all part of the big picture that i had the big picture was that even if i don't sell them like right like i could have yeah it's i feel bad about it but you could have yeah some some pseo and and yeah blog posts being written for all these these backlinks so you could look at the backlinks and figure out what what the article probably was before and then just regenerate it <laughs> oh man i was also using the wayback the wayback archive to to see what these sites used to be somebody stopped this guy he's too powerful because <laughs> then you could use yeah, you could use chat gpt's vision api yeah. to, to look what, what what the site used to do oh, or <laughs> just <laughs> recreate it <laughs> yeah you're too good at this fuck <laughs> But it's just for fun. Like it's it's nice. Th- this one is the first idea where I was there. You know what? There's actually probably some ways of monetizing all this. But for now, I'm just doing it for the fun of it, for for building it. But uh, but it's like, but it's it's not bad because maybe maybe I could actually make money with this. But that's not the goal. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I when you told me about the GoDaddy auction site, I took a quick look because. Um, I heard a story a long time ago of um, he runs in the indie hacker circle. His name is Jesse, but he runs a company called Bento or like get Bento, something like that. And uh, he bought Bento was the name of a company that had like gone through a Silicon Valley 
Accelerator and all sorts of stuff. So they had like links from TechCrunch and everything. So they went out of business yeah. and he just bought, he bought everything. Um, okay. Because they were selling it for basically nothing. And he, he stripped away everything, but he kept the site and he had all the links. So it was just like a really, even though, I don't know, I think they were doing meal delivery before and now they're doing um, email marketing, I think is what it was. Anyway, they, uh, he was like, it doesn't matter that, it doesn't really matter that that the the business doesn't do meal deliver anymore. Those links are still very valuable. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I was looking at the auctions app to be like, well, maybe I can just pick up a domain name for cheap that's got more than a hundred backlinks. And even if it is a, a, a like a domain authority or something like that of like five, like that's still better than zero. Right. But I don't know enough about SEO. One of my questions actually I have for you is. Uh, do you know much about like DR and DA and like if you got if you picked up a random thing that had like a DA of five or something like would that be do you think it's worth it um, or does it need to be by pot by topic I mean I I have questions myself like my answer would would have been if you asked me a week ago I would have said yes like it's better to have a domain with any authority that has that's aged also yeah. like something that's not just brand new that that's going to be better than a brand new domain yeah i think i agree like it gives you a leg up however as i've been researching each pick that that i get recommended <laughs> sometimes i see the backlinks and they're garbage like and then i start to wonder like is is it possible that they've they've been shadow banned or like mm-hmm. blocked right like Here's here's a domain that had, you know, tens, tens of thousands of backlinks, and now it's down to a hundred. Like, is it possible that it Google detects that and penalizes it, or so? Are you inheriting bad stuff also? Yeah, that's the part I don't know. I I don't know enough. I didn't actually research it. Somebody probably has the answer, right. but it's starting to. I started to question it. It's <laughs> like I'm not sure. Like if this comes with a bunch of baggage of bad things, because some of them, some of the really nice, they're really nice domain names, but when you look at the backlinks, you go, "E, okay, this was some black hat stuff, yeah. right?" And it's like all the links to it are are spam. As, as but as for nudged, like that was a good one. It had a link from Crush Crunchbase also Perfect. because. Yeah. Because they had investors, and you know, it was in a few tech tech blogs. And yeah, I mean, those are that's very valuable. Yeah, so it was like that. That's probably good. Like, I, I can't, I can't imagine that getting shadow banned for. Yeah, yeah, but that's the part. But the problem with that is that it's only with a manual review that I'm discovering sure. that. So, like, how could I automate that part with GPT? Um, I don't know. Okay. Like, like I said, it it means I need to have an API. To get that data, so then the Moz one is pretty limited for the free plan. I I listened to a episode of a of a SEO podcast recently, and they had a guest on who was he runs an agency that finds uh it's like it's not buying links, but like no no it is it, yeah you can you can you 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 the idea is you hire this person you pay them and they get you links. And he right. talked about some of the strategies that he uses. 
And one of the big ones is going out and finding relevant sites with dead links or inappropriate links and then messaging them and getting right to the point and saying like, hey, right. I see a dead link. I'd be happy to write the content for you on this site if you want to like do this. And like it's improving their site and their situation. So yeah. it could be like with any site with any particular renown, if all of a sudden the links start to be dead or start to change people the opportunity the seo consultants are probably all over it of just like outreaching tons of people and trying to wedge in and buy links or link backs right wait is there a tool that does that i think there is <laughs> I, I mean there must be like the the, per, the person right. at least that i that i heard on that podcast was uh it was the niche pursuits podcast um he didn't okay. he said that they had done some internal development but he had he kind of alluded to the fact that yes like tools like this exist because yeah, because because Moz knows that the like it showed showed me the history. Well, I don't remember if it was Moz or Ahref, but it showed me that it used to have that many backlinks, but now they're they're dead. But it, it it's probably able to pull out that list, right? Interesting. It'd be very valuable. But yeah, that's the part I can't I can't automate. So. I don't know how much more energy I'm going to put into this. <laughs> I mean, already it seems like you've discovered some very interesting things. Yeah, it was fun. Like, I might just keep at least the part that I have now, keep it running for a while because I got nothing else to that, do. Uh, honestly, <laughs> but, you know, that, you look at a few domain names each day yeah. and that's, maybe I'll buy one. That sounds, honestly, like a really fun product. Every day, it just like, here's a link. And it just like, how funny would that be as like a home screen? Or like, like I could totally see that as like a widget on indie hackers where it's like, oh, this is the domain name of the day. And it popped up and th this is like an imagined H1 and H2. And here's some things to think about to get your creativity going. Like, I don't know. Like this yeah. is almost like an engineering is marketing kind of thing for just like other indie hackers. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that, like I said, right? It, there's so many ways to monetize this. So that was always on the back of my mind. It's like, you know, this is this is fun. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to hack with AI. Yeah, you're doing uh, it. Like, you can actually monetize a lot of this, right? Or like simple as you buy them up and you have a sub stack where... Sure. In the sub stack, you get emailed right away that which domains have been picked up. And then, then uh, after that, you can... The ones that haven't been picked up, you can post, mm -hmm. like you said, as marketing, sure. post it in Hindi Hackers. Hey, here's a bunch of domains that, that I found. That... That's a great idea. So, yeah, we'll see. Cool. We'll see where it goes. Nice. Keep hacking. This is fun. I like when you hack. Yeah. <laughs> My next ideas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I should. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it for yeah, the, yeah. the next podcast. Yeah, keep it a surprise for next time. <laughs> cool. Oh, however... Watching you with this Monday thing is is giving me the itch again. Like, of, you know what? I want to kind of ship an, an MVP of a SaaS and get get those early customers. Man. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe if I start making some money from this, uh, we'll... Uh... Well, you you already did. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking from the SaaS, but it's true. Yeah, from, from Upwork. Cool. I think I'm going to take off. I need to get a bite to eat. And then I need to run to the uh, Indie Hackers meetup today. Cool. All right. All right. I'll catch you later. Yep. See you next see time. You.